1: you read the Word of God, you're given instructions that you might want to apply to your life and how to live according to what God wants you to do. And this is what's happening here in Josiah's heart. He's reading through this and he gets to the point where they celebrated the Passover and he went, whoa. And the Spirit is telling him, you need to get this done. And this is what happens. As the Holy Spirit quickens your heart to the truth, you want to follow the Lord with everything you have. You want to be obedient to the Word and you want to apply it to your life.
0: So, you need advice. You need wise counsel on an important issue in your life. Where do you go to find answers? The self help section of your local bookstore? Or just Google it, right? Well, Pastor Dave shares that the Bible is your one stop shop to find answers to life's questions. It's the living Word of God. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 35, as he begins his message Josiah, part 2.
1: Second Chronicles 35. So we've been studying Josiah, who became king when he was eight years old, after his father was assassinated. And he followed hard after who he called his father, which was King David. And he did right in the sight of the Lord. When he was 16, he began to seek the Lord God of David. And because of this, when he was 20, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from all the idols, all the wooden and carved images, and he removed the high places that they used to use to burn incense to Baal, and they used to use to kill their children and offer their children up as sacrifices. He dealt with the wicked priests who were responsible for causing the children of Israel to stumble. His reforms went throughout the land, not only in Judah, but it went as far as the northern kingdom of Israel also. Remember now, the northern kingdom is in captivity. The Assyrians had come and taken away the northern kingdom, but there was a remnant still there. And Josiah's reforms went all throughout the entire city and state. And during this time, Josiah had a heart for the Lord God, and he wanted to restore the temple because the temple was in disarray. During the time of Manasseh and during the time of Josiah's father, Ammon, they destroyed the temple. They set up idols in the temple and they just wrecked it and they made it a shabble and a sham and they disgraced the Lord God, Jehovah, which was his house. It was where he was and where he dwelt. During the restoration process, a strange thing happened. They came across this book. Now, it wasn't a book like this. It was a scroll. But they came across this scroll and it happened to be the word of God. And it probably was one scroll, two scrolls. It might have been one great big scroll. But what did it have on it? It probably had the first five books of the Bible, which are called the Torah, the Pentateuch in Greek. It's, it's Genesis, Exodus, Numbers. No, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The first five books of the Bible. That's the Torah. That's probably what it was. They discovered it. Immediately after the discovery, they took it to Josiah. They delivered the book to him, and he immediately read it. And as he read it, he grieved terribly to the point where he ripped his clothes in disgust and in hurt because he saw what was written in this. And he got really afraid because he saw all the curses, he saw all the woes, and he saw all the the horribleness. and he knew that they hadn't obeyed the law in years. And the law was never important for his grandfather Manasseh or his father Adam. So he was very, very disturbed. So he goes to a prophetess. Her name was Huldah. And she told him that the Lord God was going to bring a great calamity upon the nation. And all the curses that were in the book that he was reading were going to come upon the nation. And this freaked him out. He, he just really freaked out. And then the Lord God told Josiah that because your heart was towards him and because you humbled yourself, Josiah, before me, the Lord your God, As you read this book and you prayed for the nation and you wept, you're going to be spared from seeing this calamity. You're not going to see this calamity, Josiah. So what did the king do? He immediately continued to restore the temple. He made a covenant with the Lord. He had all the people make a covenant to the Lord and that they would not depart from following the Lord God, Jehovah. But we read in scriptures that although they made that covenant, their hearts were not towards God. It's interesting that as I was looking at this, Jesus speaks of this. He speaks of this very thing in Matthew 15, in verses 7, 8, and 9. And he's talking about, he's arguing with the Pharisees because of washing of hands. They were accusing the disciples of not washing their hands. And he calls them all sorts of things, but in verse 7 he calls, hypocrites, hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, the people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. So he was coming against them because they were holding on more to the commandments of men than they were the commandments of God. And they were raising up the traditions and rituals of man higher than the word of God. And this grieved the Lord Jesus. And he came up against them at that. So as we now come into chapter 35, we see Josiah, like his great grandfather, his great grandfather, Hezekiah, reinstitutes the keeping of the Passover. And as you read and begin to study the word of God, you find out what is true. You find out what is real. And something happens in your heart as you're reading the word of God. As you read the Word of God, you're given instructions that you might want to apply to your life and how to live according to what God wants you to do. And this is what's happening here in Josiah's heart. He's reading through this, and he gets to the point where they celebrate it, the Passover. And he went, whoa. And the Spirit is telling him, you need to get this done. And this is what happens. As the Holy Spirit quickens your heart to the truth, you want to follow the Lord with everything you have. You want to be obedient to the Word, and you want to p- apply it to your life. And this is important for us. We need to think about this. This is what the Word of God is supposed to do. It's supposed to touch our hearts every time we read it. It's supposed to show us things and guide us and lead us in, into all truth and all real. It's supposed to tell us that you're a sinner. It's supposed to tell us that the only way you can get rid of your sin is through Jesus Christ on the cross. And that's what the Word of God does. It, it constantly tells us that. And we need to look at that. And every time we read that, and this is what's happening to Josiah he's reading the Word of God and he's getting lit up. <laughs> He's getting on fire for the Lord. He he's couldn't believe what he reads, and he's really excited. And this is what the Word of God will do to you. This is what the Word of God will do to you. I challenge you to spend time reading the Word of God as often as possible and see what would happen in your life. See what would happen in your life. I'm a fan of John Corson, and I like his commentaries. And he wrote this. I'm going to paraphrase what he wrote. Whatever age, young or older, now is the time to seek the Lord diligently. Decide in your hearts to get rid of any and all idols that you have set up and might be serving. Decide in your heart that you're going to, listen, rediscover the word of God. I love that. Rediscover the word of God. I really, really like that. Because sometimes, you know, you'll be reading something and you may read something a thousand times and you may get used to it and go, I really don't want to read that. But then all of a sudden you're reading it and it's like, wow, it opens up and you look at it and wait a minute and it starts to speak to your heart. Rediscover what's in God's word. And I think it's so important that we look at that. You know, there are a million, you know, I don't know, I've never counted them all, but there's a bunch of read through the Bible plans. We have one ourselves, Calvary Chapel, read through the Bible. Now They're good. And there's nothing wrong with them. The only problem with with those is we make them legalistic. And when we miss a day, we get all crazy because we've missed a day. Well, you just pick up and continue on where you left off. But you should read the Bible as often as you can. And something's going to happen in your heart. Rediscover the Word of God. I just really love that, that statement. Rediscover the Word of God. It's like something's been missing. Remember, this book of the law, we don't know how long it's been hidden. It's been gone for at least 70 years. It's been gone for at least 70 years, and they find it, and and Josiah rediscovers it. It's like it's new to him. It's new to him. Remember we studied that in Deuteronomy, it says that all the kings were supposed to read the book of the law. They were supposed to know the book of the law and memorize it. Why? So they know how to run a kingdom. So they know how to take care of their people and God's sheep. So it's really cool. So rediscover, and this is what Josiah did. He rediscovered the law, God's word. He got rid of the idols. He refurbished the temple. He restored worship, and he got the people to make a covenant with the Lord. And he said, wait a minute, something's missing. So he reinstitutes the Passover, and that's where we are today. Look at verse 1 through 6 in chapter 35. Now, Josiah kept a Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem, and they slaughtered the Passover lambs on the 14th day of the first month. And he set the priests in their duties and encouraged them for the service of the house of the Lord. Then he said to the Levites who taught all Israel who were holy to the Lord, put the holy ark in the house which Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, built. It shall no longer be a burden on your shoulders. Now serve the Lord your God and his people Israel. Prepare yourselves according to your fathers' houses, according to your divisions, following the written instruction of David King of Israel, and written instruction of Solomon his son, and stand in the holy place according to the divisions of the fathers, houses on your brethren and lay people, and according to the division of the fathers house of the Levites. So slaughter the Passover offerings, consecrate yourself, and prepare them for your brethren that that they may do according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. See, he's quoting Moses. The first five books were all written by Moses. So he has the Torah. And he's telling them, come on, guys, let's get with the program. Look at what the word of God says. Now let's do this. And David had written about dividing the, le- the priest and the Levites. Solomon had written about dividing the priest and the Levites and giving them their service. And they all had duties. And they their duty... Might only come up one day of the year. They all had a time when they went in there. Who was someone that, that got caught doing the duty? I know, it's a hard question, because in my mind, I'm, I think I'm asking the right question, but I'm not. Zachariah, no, was it Zach? Yeah, Zachariah, Elizabeth's husband. Elizabeth's husband, it says, was doing his duty. He was there at his appropriate time in the temple burning incense. I think it says that in Luke, wherever that is. And the angel came to him. Gabriel came to him and talked to him about Elizabeth. Remember? In Luke 1, verse 5, there was in the days of Herod and the king of Judah a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was the daughter of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments and the ordinance of God, Lord blameless. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced fancy years. So it was while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division. Nah, 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 nah. See, it's there. He was serving the Lord God in the order of his division. That's what they're setting up. I'm not going to read it anymore. You can read it for yourself. That's what they were setting up. They were setting up the divisions when they were supposed to serve the Lord. It's almost like, it's almost like when we have a nursery schedule. You know exactly when you're supposed to be in nursery. There's a schedule there, right? Or Sunday school or whatever. Anyhow, they rediscovered the law. They got ready to do this, right? He becomes a teacher, Josiah becomes a teacher. After he read and studied the word of God, he instructed the priests and Levites. These priests and Levites had no idea how to do these things. These priests and Levites were clueless because they never had the word of God before them. They weren't instructed in the word. So here, Josiah now is a teacher. It had been close to 70 years since they last celebrated the Passover. Who was king when they last celebrated the Passover? Hezekiah. Good answer. Yes, it was. Hezekiah. Hezekiah was king the last time they celebrated the Passover. It was about 70 years ago, guys. You can find out in 2 Chronicles 30. Only five chapters ago. Come on, guys. Come on. The Passover had to be celebrated. Now, what was different about his Passover and Josiah's Passover? Remember, Hezekiah got special permission from God to celebrate it in the second month. It's supposed to be celebrated in the first month. But Josiah celebrates it the way it's supposed to be celebrated, according to the law, which is great. Okay, But Josiah had to teach the priests and the Levites about the Passover. He had to organize everything. He had to be their cheerleader, encouraging them, getting them to do what he needed them to do. And we get a glimpse of just how bad things were during that time, how everything was in disarray. The Ark of the Covenant wasn't even in the temple. They found the Ark of the Covenant. The term there is shall no longer be a burden to you. Means it was not at rest sitting in the temple where it belonged. God's word made it clear to Josiah. Again, this is what the word does in our life. It makes things clear. It shows us what we need to do or what we should not be doing. It makes things clear. Then with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can right any wrong. And we can confess and we can move forward with the help of the Holy Spirit. The main part of the Passover was the sacrifice of the lamb. This was the biggest thing. Notice, everything they did was according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. You can look at Exodus 13 and it talks about getting the lamb ready for sacrifice. So they're getting ready to do this. Let's look at 7 through 9. Then Josiah gave the lay people lambs and young goats from the flock, all for Passover offerings for all who were present to the number of 30,000 as well as 3,000 cattle. These were from the king's possessions, and his leaders gave willingly to the people, to the priest. And the Levites, Hilkiah, Zechariah, and Jethiel, rulers of the house of God, gave to the priest for the Passover offerings 2,600 from the flock, 300 cattle. Also... Conaniah, his brothers, Shemaniah, and Nathanael, and Habadajabadiu, and Jahil, and Joabad, chief of the Levites, gave, the, gave, gave to the Levites for Passover offerings, 5,000 from flock and from 500. I love this. The king is giving this stuff away. He sees the poverty. He sees the fact that they don't have what they need to celebrate the Passover. So the king is giving these things away. He provides 30,000 lambs. For the Passover, he provides 3,000 cattle. This is how passionate Josiah was to make the word of God clear. And again... This is what the Word of God does in your life. It makes you passionate about things, things of the Lord. It makes you passionate about sharing the Gospel with somebody who doesn't know it. It makes you passionate about helping somebody who's poor, helping somebody who's in need, helping somebody. It makes you passionate about visiting the sick. It makes you passionate about prayer. It makes you passionate. And that's what the Word of God does. That's what it's supposed to do as you read it and look at it. He was passionate to have a proper celebration And he was willing to bear the expense. I love this. The total number of the offerings is more than double of Hezekiah's Passover. It's an indication of how greatly the generosity was. Verse 8 there, when we read it, and his leaders gave willingly to the people. When they saw Josiah giving liberally to the people, it trickled down and they started giving liberally. This is what happens when you see others doing these kind of things. You get encouraged and you start to say, yeah, I could do this. I want to do this. He starts doing this. As often as the custom, a generosity of a leader like King Josiah prompted generosity for others. Why? Second Chronicles 2, 9, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And here you see Josiah is just such a cheerful giver. The priests and the Levites prepared everything according to the law of Moses at the king's command. In verse 10, wrong page. In verse 10, so the service was prepared and the priests stood in their places and the Levites in the divisions according to the king's command. So the the I love this because he really studied this. He really got this down. He became a student of God's word and he studied to show himself approved and he was able to direct everybody in their places. I mean, he had never celebrated the Passover, but he got it all from reading God's word. This is so cool. I love this. Faithfulness to God's word. No shortcuts. They took God's word for what it was. Let's read 11 through 14. And they slaughtered the Passover offerings, and the priests sprinkled the blood with their hands while the Levites skinned the animals. Then they removed the burnt offerings, and that that they might... Give them to the divisions of the fathers, houses of the lay people, to offer to the Lord as it is written in the book of Moses, so they did with the cattle. Also they roasted the Passover offerings with fire according to the court ordinance, but the other holy offerings they boiled in pots and cauldrons and pans and divided them quickly among all the lay people. Then after it they prepared portions for themselves and for the priests, because the priests and the sons of Aaron were busy in offering burnt offerings and fat until night. Therefore, the Levites prepared portions for themselves and for the priests of the sons of Aaron. Unlike Hezekiah's Passover, it seems that the Passover sacrifice were directly made by the priests. Remember, in Hezekiah, he let the people do their own sacrifice. But that wasn't according to God's law. God's law said the priest had to do the sacrifice. So now... They're following the priestly thing. They didn't allow that to happen. They roasted the Passover offerings with fire in accordance to the law. This was the second aspect of the Passover celebration. A meal that was enjoyed by everybody. What a barbecue! Come on, that was great. Roasted all those animals? Boy, man, I tell you, they must have had a feast. It must have been great. It was really good. This was cause for great celebration. They had a great celebration. Look at 15. And the singers, the sons of Asaph, were in their places, according to the command of David. Asaph, Haman, Jenatham, and the king Seir, also the gatekeepers, each were at a gate, and they did not have to leave their position, because the brethren of the Levites prepared portions for them. Everybody was being fed. Everybody was being here. Now, it's interesting, when you read the law of Moses, there's no provision for worship at the Passover. There's no provision. It's not a time where they would worship. You would think that they would have worship at the Passover. They break out and worship. Why? Because they're just so excited by the word of God. They're just so overwhelmed by the word of God that now they're breaking out in worship. And everybody's involved. All the worship leaders, all the biggies like Asaph and Heman and Jethudim, they're all great worship leaders. And some of the Psalms that David wrote was written to Jethudim, the head of the seers or the head of the musicians. And you can see that. I love that. This was coming directly from their heart. Everything they were doing was coming from their heart. Again, I think this is what happens when we follow the Lord's and diligently seek him with all our heart. Worship naturally comes out of you. When you're following the Lord, you can't help but worship. You can't help but sing his praises. You can't help but to give him thanks. You just can't help but do that. And this is what happens when you're digging into the word of God and the spirit strikes your heart. You can break out in song and you can sing and it doesn't matter what you sound like. It doesn't matter because the Lord loves it. He absolutely loves it when his people sing to him, when his people worship him, when his people talk of his glory. He loves it. So this is a great thing. So they're singing. They're having a good time. Worship is naturally that what follows fellowship with him because he blesses us with all our lives. Look at 16 through 19. So all the service of the Lord was prepared the same day to keep the Passover and offer burnt offerings on the altar. The Lord, according to the commandment of King Josiah and the children of Israel who were present, kept the Passover at that time and the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days. There had been no Passover kept in Israel like that since the days of Samuel the prophet and none of the kings of Israel had kept such a Passover as Josiah kept. With the priests and the Levites, all Judah and Israel, who were present, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem in the 18th year of the reign of Josiah, this Passover was kept. They had gatekeepers. Everybody was watching. They were standing guard. Nobody left their position, and they took food to them so they could eat while they were on guard. Josiah was mindful of everyone. He was mindful of the people that worked. He was mindful of those that did security. He was mindful of those people who were worshiping the Lord. Every guard was ready on their post. It kind of reminds me of Nehemiah that we'll get to one of these days. So all the service of the Lord was repaired the same day. Why? And how did it work out, there? Because Josiah had great plans. He followed the Lord perfectly and his plans were wonderful. And everything turned out to be an incredible, incredible day. It really was a wonderful time. You are a sure hope.
0: You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave has been working his way through the book of Second Chronicles. Before you assume that this book entails a bunch of details from the past that don't really affect you today, make sure you take some time to appreciate what this book offers. In addition to the history of the Israelite people, you get to know the rise and fall of many kings. They were all sinners who needed a savior. They were just like every person today, no matter their status, who needs a savior. Do you know this savior, Jesus? If you do, you've come to greatly value what this means in your life. If you're unfamiliar with the concept, We want to help you understand that. No one has it all figured out on their own. For sure, no one is capable of living without sin and error. But what you need to realize is that there's a sure hope through the Savior, Jesus Christ. His willingness to be traded for your sins makes all the difference. By knowing Him personally and believing in Him, you get to move forward with life, knowing you're not perfect, but that God's bringing you into something better. The ministry of Assure Hope comes out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're in the area, we'd love to worship God together with you this weekend. Head over to AssureHopeRadio.com for service times and directions. Again, that's AssureHopeRadio.com. If you can't make it in person, we stream our services live to Facebook and YouTube. That's all we have for today, but we look forward to connecting with you again on the next edition of Assure Hope.